0: Competitive reading podcast between siblings. I am your host Elizabeth Connor,
1: and I am your host Thomas Dempsey. Ah, huh,
0: huh, ah, huh? uh. ah.
1: Have you eaten dinner yet? Yeah. Yep. Same.
0: I had a, a I had lasagna that I made oh, that's myself. Cool.
1: Nice. Wait,
0: uh like from scratch? Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Well, ish. Like I didn't make the sauce by myself.
1: Okay. And I I presumed that you didn't like I guess make the pasta from scratch? No. No, but that still sounds pretty. I mean, we we're just like a family of stoufers over here.
0: We but, actually uh, we actually do like homemade lasagna fairly often um i would say probably like once a month that sounds good please excuse bernie in the background by the way
1: oh yeah I, it, bernie is of course elizabeth's pet hyena <coughs> yep so uh if you're wondering where all that squealing is coming from
0: she's very vocal yeah so yeah so we had uh, we had lasagna tonight well technically I had lasagna tonight because we had to go to we went to a guy's house tonight that like Brian went to high school with to go buy some inventory off of from Brian's new business
1: right yeah Brian started getting in on the uh, online retail game
0: that he has. Um, so he is currently selling sports cards and sports collectibles. And we went to go pick up some inventory today and we got a lot.
1: <laughs> wow. Always like, good to stock up.
0: Like we were at this guy's house and Brian comes out of the car and he's like, we're going to have to make room. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and yeah. he comes out. Did you out take with- his car? No, we took my car.
1: Oh wow that's rough
0: (laughs) TJ you may want to uh, Describe my car to our listeners Oh
1: right yeah she's got a small car
0: And I And I commute Every day to my job So I have a lot of stuff in it Yeah I mean let's uh... just say what it is Um, So anyway Brian was like we have to put a lot of stuff In here and Needless to say multiple trips were made
1: oh wow that's pretty neat yeah my car um, my car is doing fine I uh, got oil changed a c- couple weeks ago gotta put the air filter in myself that was new oh And uh, it, it's not that difficult a job there's like just a compartment for it under the hood that you pop open and swap it out it's basically like changing the lint filter in a dryer okay But uh Yeah I was happy to have that done and I don't know that I'll ever get to a point With my car Where I I imagine I will Be trading in for a new car Before I put in the requisite work To get the check engine light to turn off Uh huh Just cause Have I told you about that? No Well uh, about it uh, several months back, check engine light came on. Uh, I can't recall if this was around the time it needed an oil change or not, but in any rate, took it in for them to look at, and their best guess was that it was an O2 sensor that needed replacing, and to replace an O2 sensor would cost about in the ballpark of seven hundred dollars. Mm. Yeah, so, I was not looking to make that level of investment at the time and really I think the worst that no two sensor malfunction can do is like hurt your gas mileage Mm -hmm. and seeing as I hadn't been seeing any like actual like impact where that's concerned I just let it be and now you just of course now you just got to stay abreast of it with all the other stuff because if, if something goes wrong Then the light can't very well inform you of it, so that's just uh, what I got to do. But I'm pretty good about keeping on top of like oil changes and stuff. And the other week, I uh, used my uh, stem money to get a new pair of tires. Okay. On there. Yeah. How's the weather over there?
0: It's. I mean, it's kind of cloudy, but like it's fine. Yeah, Yeah, we've been getting a lot
1: of like thunderstorm, not thunderstorm, tornado warnings. Round of the uh, upstate South Carolina isolate. Okay. N- not that I've seen any per se, but uh, you know, it's just sort of, I guess the atmosphere being what it is. And mm-hmm. it's giving us a lot of rain today, but um, it actually worked out because it gave me an opportunity to test out the weatherproofing job I did on this table. I got mom and dad.
0: Oh, that's right. You got mom and dad that table.
1: Yeah, so apparently the hardest thing you can buy for your home is a, like, abdomen height table that's not like a full-on dining table. Anything smaller than that is just like like a curio or like a niche item. And I trolled every furniture store I could think of around Greenville trying to find something for them because... The thought I had was whenever people bring mail up to our house they always leave it at the foot of the door so they always have to bend down to pick it up and I'm like why can't they just why can't there just be a place about like dinner table height that you can just reach over and grab it off so I didn't want anything too large just something by the door and finally I went by this uh, pottery place that uh turns out sells a lot more than just pottery and it's uh this just this like i guess three to foot tall three and a half foot tall table uh pretty small just a metal base wooden top and the only thing was it was designed for indoor use so i had to pick up a thing of sealant and rust proofing and last weekend that was like my outdoor errand of the day was just getting all that applied to it and it seems to be working pretty well okay good yeah so i yeah and it, honestly like a good like door side table especially nowadays with everybody getting stuff delivered mm-hmm. it's just invaluable because as someone who works in deliveries i can't tell you how many times i've had people call up and complain about like an order not being left where they wanted it mm-hmm and uh, it's just a real like sort of ease of convenience where that's concerned. So right? Yeah.
0: I feel like though, that situation would could be prevented if you were very descriptive in your like delivery instructions. Like right. I don't know about for where you work, but I know, for different delivery services that we've utilized, like there's always a box saying, "like if you have specific delivery instructions, please put them here."
1: Right. <sighs> so, uh, I think that's enough vamping. Uh, you want to talk books?
0: Well, let me let me update our readers on one thing. So, last Friday, our apartment got flooded. Oh, right.
1: I remember that.
0: Yeah. So, what happened was, I guess our upstairs neighbor, who, by the way, is a really good neighbor, um, was washing dishes or something. And, like, you know the little spray thing that's, like, on a hose that you pull out? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. So, I guess he, like, yanked on it because it wasn't coming out as far as he wanted. And that tore the hose in half oh no which in turn did something to a safety valve for the water pipe in the wall oh goodness and therefore our apartment got flooded that's, that's rough but fortunately Brian was home and he moved quickly and we didn't lose very much stuff I am very sorry to say, however, that I will need to buy you a new copy of Volume 3 of To Your Eternity.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's all right. That stuff goes on sale fairly frequently. <laughs>
0: okay. That, you know, your copy of Volume 3 was a casualty.
1: <laughs> well, well, uh, this is where we pay our respects to those that have been lost in the conflict of your words against mine. Then I'll just input like I will remember you here. And we can just like get like a fuzzy filter over it.
0: You will making your way in the world me. today.
1: Takes everything you've got. And I'm just singing cheers. But uh <laughs> everybody's words are yours.
0: How are we singing two different songs?
1: I mean, I'd say it's pretty par for the course for this show.
0: You know what? That's that's true.
1: So, uh, you've been reading anything that isn't water- waterlogged?
0: Yes, I have been. Um, I got into a little bit of reader fatigue. I mean, not too bad, but a little bit. Um, with the Motorcycle Club slash Mob Romance series I've been reading. Mm-hmm. But I powered through it. And I finished that particular series, and now I have moved on to the next book in the, like, overall series, but it's also its own mini-series. Okay. So what this particular author has done is she wrote, like, six books that are a part of one series, and now, like, the next five books are part of a different mini-series.
1: Do they share continuity?
0: They do share continuity, yes. Okay. Alright. Like, I feel like overall, I feel like this is like Absalom Absalom, but like I'm invested in it. Oh.
1: That doesn't tell me a lot. Because about the only thing I know you thought of that book was that you weren't invested in it.
0: I was about to say Absalom Absalom to me was god awful
1: yeah and that's just one of those things where it's like with me it just sort of hit
0: yeah it's just similarities and differences in readers
1: sure although i will tell you that there is one book that i thought was really good Uh uh-huh and that was the book i will be talking about when we come back from our break sounds good Thank you again for joining us for Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. And now, without any further ado, let's leap into the discussion of this week's reading challenge, which was assigned to me by Elizabeth. Elizabeth, do you want to remind everybody what the reading challenge was?
0: Yes, so the reading challenge for this time was very much based on a mood that I was in, where I was like, I want to be lazy and ethereal And therefore, I'm going to recommend one of my favorite authors, whose name is Amy Bender. Um, So I recommend it, or so for your challenge, your, your challenge was to read two books by Amy Bender. One of which was a novel, and one of which was a collection of short stories. That's right. The novel was The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake, and the collection of short stories was The Color Master. That's right. So... Did you complete the challenge?
1: As of 7.30pm today, yes.
0: Woohoo!
1: Yep, it was a bit of a rush. I myself had something of a reader uh, back up uh, over the past couple weeks, but these books helped me get out of it, and now I am officially done with all books that I have started as e-reads, excluding the uh, Anna Karenina that I'm reading on storied, or serial reading, rather, the serial app, and honestly, I feel like when I start a book in hardback, I'm much more efficient at making my way through it than I am reading it on my phone, Mm -hmm. because even once I checked out a hard copy edition of The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake, just, I guess, having started it on my phone sort of conditioned me into a more piecemeal uh, attitude around... Uh, getting into it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Whereas when I start reading something in a book, I'm basing my reading more around like long sessions. Okay. That's how a lot of my reading gets cleared through. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, once I had the hardcover edition of that, I was able to make a lot better headway into it. And as for the color master, I read that basically over the course of just like three or four days. Okay. So yeah, and and with that one it was rather interesting because since it's a short story book, what I found myself doing was just skipping around to whatever story looked interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually I would like uh, suit my reading selections to like where I was like circumstantially. Like I, if I felt like I wanted to read like a big chunk of it, I would look for one of the longer stories. Or if I felt like I was wanting to knock out several smaller things i would read some of the shorter ones but uh, i did read all of it okay uh ultimately yes and uh we can talk about that one first because it's the one freshest in my mind now have you read the color master
0: yes i i mean Hmm. i read it like six years ago
1: okay yeah because uh i feel like when you said it was her one of her more recent books i was thinking like last year but it is like a 2016 uh, book yeah. or thereabouts. So, um, what uh, stories do you remember from it?
0: To be honest, the only one that I really remember is like the story from which the title comes from.
1: Right, that, which is The Color Master. Which is which The, is the is Color the, Master. Yeah, which is a sort of a medieval set story about uh I guess a clothing a cloth maker boutique mm-hmm. basically with a bunch of uh like artisans and craftspeople who work together to make clothing and fashion items for royalty and at the head of the collective is the titular color master who has just this sort of innate ability to imbue art the Articles they produce with these sort of ethereal, like, aspects. So, like, they'll make a, uh, handbag that is fashioned after a blooming flower that seems to convey the scent of a rose or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the story itself is sort of around the color master grooming her successor. And, uh, just the way that that progresses over the course of, uh period of time yeah and i really enjoyed that one that was one of the last stories i read and uh it's uh it it was very good i think the one that stuck with me and mostly just because it took me back to my college years was um called a bad return Mm -hmm. which was the story if you recall about a uh college girl who while witnessing a protest an anti-war protest uh, goes to the home of the nearby home of like an elderly stranger. Mm hmm. And while she's visiting with this stranger, she discovers that the man has come into the possession of an object that she lost several years before. And she's just sort of like unnerved as to how that could have been. Mm hmm. Do you remember that one?
0: Vaguely.
1: Yeah, I-, I thought it was really good. Mainly just because I feel like it captured it does a good job of capturing that sense of like developing uh personal agency that you sort of have when you're living alone for your for the first time in college mhm and uh it's the longest story in the book but uh, most of most of the stories range between 10 and 20 pages mhm and uh there's a couple of really short ones in there and um there's the of course there's the tiger mending which is a short story about a pair of sisters who travel to a foreign country so that the uh, seamstress sister can be enlisted in the, uh, like, healing of tigers whose stripes are coming undone. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of, mo- all, most of the stories seem to have an element of magical realism about them, which uh, seems to be a common trend with a lot of Amy Bender's writings. Mm-hmm. But not it's always sort of uh, up in the air as to, like, how extensive those elements of fantasy become. Mm-hmm. Like, the last story in the book, The Devourings, is just a full-on fantasy story about a woman who moves to the country to marry an ogre. And then her life sort of becomes, like, the inverse of, like, an old parable. Mm-hmm. Like, where, like, a group of children, like, trick the ogre... And then this woman being married to the ogre has to like deal with the tragedy of the fallout. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, it sort of takes us a, a uh, turn into almost like like sort of cosmic narratives. Like mm-hmm. it's it, it, where it, it imagines these like magical objects being left to the wastes of time, and uh, that's. At the time of this book's publication, that was the one story that had not yet appeared in a publication. Because at the last page of the book, it indicates where all these stories had been published previously. Mm-hmm. And that one, it said, was to appear in an upcoming book by Penguin about modern mythologies. Mm. So that I'd be actually intrigued to like hunt down what that book was. Mm-hmm. Because uh, like multi-author story collections are a kind of book that I think I'd be intrigued to check out. Mm -hmm. But they're one that I feel like I don't get a lot of exposure to, just sort of through my general bruising. And uh, anyway, going back to The Binder, I wouldn't say there were any, like, bad stories per se. Like, obviously there are some that stand out more than others. Uh, Maybe one of my favorites was Faces, which is uh, just sort of a short story about a child coming to terms with the reality that they suffer from face blindness. Mhm. Which is to say that they can't like recognize people's like expressions or displays of emotion. Mhm. Even though like they can like rec- they can like identify people through various signifiers like voice, you know, just general context. Mhm. And yeah, uh, you know, there's just a uh, several other good stories like that. But um, was there a reason specifically you wanted to recommend that one to me? Uh, um, the, the, I mean, this uh, the Color Master in general. There the, a reason that it stood out uh, I, to us. As...
0: Partially, I recommended that one because I knew it was one of her more recent publications, and also partially because I remember reading it when I was working in a book retail store during graduate school. And I don't know, like even though I don't necessarily remember all of the stories in that particular collection, I remember the environment in which I read it. And I remember the mindset in which I read it.
1: I feel like short stories, especially, are good for that. Whereas, even if you don't retain all the information from the writing, you do sort of have a clear sense in your mind of where you were at in mm-hmm. life when you came across it. Mm-hmm. And like there was, uh, like several years back, I guess maybe a little later than that, there was a sh- series of French detective stories that I found myself getting into i just have a really clear memory of just reading those stories like in the library on breaks from work and just the sensations that they would arise yeah but uh
0: i guess even though at the time i may not have identified the feeling in which i read those stories as being languid like now being in the place in life where i am currently i do feel like that was a more like languid relaxed part of my life languid yeah languid languid languid
1: languid that's just a word you got to say it's a good word sorry yeah it's yeah it's a word <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yep. It's a word. Sorry,
1: I interrupted your languid thought.
0: No, I just, you know, I just feel like coming into the spring season, which we are now officially in. Um, you know, I would definitely say that languid is a feeling that I have, right. and I just recall my memories of that particular short story collection, making me feel that way.
1: Okay. Well, I feel like reading the book like I did over a period of days, and uh, I don't know how you're supposed to read short story collections, per se, if you're supposed to do them all in one go or maybe spool them out over time. But uh, I definitely feel like there's been an opaqueness to the last year or so that might, if anything... uh, cloud my memories of the books that i read from this era Mm -hmm. so i can't say for certain how well these uh stories will stick with me but i can certainly attest that i enjoyed them in the moment of reading and that i feel like especially just amy bender's author like writing style is very appealing to me Mm -hmm. like just her way with language and descriptions is a very evocative. And so I'd be intrigued to check out more of what she does. May I, before we continue, may I ask you something about the other book you assigned? Yes. Um, what circumstances led you to read the particular sadness of lemon cake?
0: That was one of those books that like, I was always intrigued by the cover. And okay, I can't remember what I read first. I can't remember if I read the color master first or if I read The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake first. Um, okay. But I know because... I read both of those in the same time of my life, which was, like, when I was working at a book retailer in graduate school. Um, okay. And I loved... I loved The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake. Like, I loved it more than I loved The Color Master. And yeah. I can definitely recall... Moments of that novel better than I can The Color Master.
1: Right. Well, I can certainly say that I enjoyed it the most of the two books I've read uh, for this assignment, and uh, I was was surprised to see, actually, once I'd completed the book and went to log it on Goodreads, that it seemed fairly middling in its uh, acclaim. Mm -hmm. Like, just on Goodreads, it had, like, a reader score of, like, 3.2 or something Mm -hmm. like that. So, not all that much to write home about. And, uh, I I gave it, like, a five star because I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I do wonder if maybe certain aspects of its writing, if certain, like, directions that the story takes might have, uh, dissuaded certain readers who are might be inclined to like pick up a book blind called The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake, expecting one thing and getting another because uh, I guess spoilers for those who haven't read it, this again is a sort of lightly magical realism book that uh, the way I sort of came to conceptualize it was what if X-Men but with weirdly ineffectual powers that rather than like societal and institutional racism just represented like adolescent angst and depression. <laughs> <laughs> That's the general sense that I got. But uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that was a fairly succinct summation of it. Um, for those who don't know, the particular sadness of Loving Cake is about a young girl who Uh, comes to experience certain emotional uh, pangs and uh, confusion when at the age of nine she can begin to detect emotions in the food that she eats and she gradually comes to realize that uh, these emotions stem from the state in which the person who prepared the food was in when they were making it so like if a person was distracted or upset or happy when they're making a piece of food and then she eats it then she can like detect that in the food. Yeah. And then and there's just sort of an alienation effect that comes from that because when you can learn how a person really feels deep down maybe in ways that they aren't fully prepared to admit to themselves then uh especially when a lot of the food that you eat comes by way of people who are very close to you, then that can create some very, like, I think, strained emotional uh, and relational situations.
0: Yeah, and I also, I really liked, one thing that I remember really liking about the book was not just... You can taste the emotions of the person who prepared it, but you can taste the emotion or the lack of emotion in which the ingredients were produced. Right. And I remember that being something that I was particularly fascinated by in this book.
1: Yeah, and, and also just as sort of a snapshot of a place in time which is the kind of story that really resonates with me uh, I don't know if it's ever made explicit I get this sensation that this story is set in perhaps like the 80s or 90s at the very mm-hmm. least it didn't feel contemporaneous to when it was released certainly not with like virtually no reference to like cell phones right. or the internet or anything like that it uh, felt very much like a story of an earlier time, like perhaps someone writing from a position of like advanced years, looking back on their life,
0: What did you think about the brother?
1: I was just about to ask okay, do you ask an older sister uh spy any commonalities between the brother character and me?
0: Well, the brother in the story was older, right? Yes, he was. Okay.
1: Um... Just to be clear for the listener, uh, the brother in the particular Sadness of Lemon Cake is uh, an introvert, I think sort of coded as being on the autism spectrum, and uh, over the course of the story, you kind of learn in dribs and drabs that he too has... Uh, Ability set like his sister that is significantly more uh, distressing than being able to learn things about food. And uh, it just lends a whole nother layer of uh, uh, complications to the proceedings.
0: You know, at the time that I read this book i don't i don't necessarily i don't remember like being like oh i feel so connected to or oh i feel like you know my brother is so similar to um like, i don't remember feeling that at the time but i guess upon reflection in this particular conversation like i guess part of me could kind of be like yeah i could see it
1: and i, I think you're bound to Look for uh, connections, like, in any story that is somewhat reflective of, like, your own circumstances. Like, this is a uh, a four-person family, mother, father, son, daughter, and but for the ages of the children. That's a pretty accurate reflection of uh, how we grew up. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And um, I really like the descriptions of their house Mm -hmm. and uh, sort of, like... We we live on the East Coast, obviously, and the story is set in Los Angeles. But, like, for all its sort of detail and and that, you really got a sense for like what it was like to grow up in this place, and then you, that sort of puts you in a headspace for recalling your own childhood. Mhm. And I think that's a element of the story that sort of resonates with you. Yeah. Especially since like, it's a story that essentially chronicles like 30 years of this character's life so you get to see that period of her life in relation to everything that follows and the ways that the various her points of her development like impact and reflect on each other Mm -hmm. and uh it also had there's just like a vicarious sort of delight in stories like these about like children with Uh, are young people with angst that they're working through and that is just like the vicarious sense that these people are not being understood yeah and that there's sort of there's almost like a, a sense of vindication in that like for anyone who maybe has ever felt like they've had emotions that weren't being appreciated or fully made clear to the people around them
0: yeah which is both the thing that I appreciate the most about, like, young adult novels and young adult television. But it's also the thing that i become the most frustrated about. Right. Especially, like, I feel like in my role as, like, a stepmother. Like, the, the reader side of me is like, I can appreciate this and I can identify with this. And then the the, like, parent part of me is like... I'm frustrated by this because in my own personal experience, this is not reality that I know.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, these stories sort of change with you as you grow up. So, you know, you coming to this story at the point in your life when you did. And I'd be interested to see how it felt like coming back to it now. Yeah. Honestly, I I can just say that I really thank you for uh, directing it to me. I know I really enjoyed it, and I'd be, I think at some point, even look forward to revisiting it myself.
0: You're welcome. Now, Amy Bender has released other works that you can investigate.
1: Yeah, and I'd be uh, looking into it. All right. Anyway, that um, actually does it for my reading, because like I said, it's been a bit of a dry spell for me. And hopefully in the next couple weeks I'll be able to bring my numbers back up. But uh, barring that, if you, unless you had any other books you wanted to touch on in specific, did you want to just go into uh, word totals?
0: Yeah, we can just go into word totals.
1: Okay. Well, I'll go first then. Okay, I've got my notebook here. And I logged uh, the uh, Color Master today with a word count of 66,227 words. About four days ago is when I finished Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake, which I logged as a word total of 76,752 words. So, together, that brings my current word total up to 1,232,275 words.
0: Okay, give me just a second to pull up the books that I've read. Alright, so in this particular series that I'm reading, the books are compiled into like book compilations. So it's like you download one file and you get like five books or six books in the file. Um, Since the last episode, I've read three books for a total of 320,256 words which brings my total up to 1,889,024 words
1: okay so you are still pulling ahead but uh, like I've said I'm gonna make a resolve to catch up in the weeks to come I've got several shorter books that I've checked out from the library that I think I can Uh, Peel through at a pretty rapid clip Okay Hopefully that'll be able to do something to Balance things out But uh, for the time being I believe all that leaves us with Is to assign a new reading challenge
0: Yes And are you ready? I am Alright So your next reading challenge Is based on Something you and I both experience okay um so our readers may not know but i i commute probably 45 minutes one way to work every day so that includes so that's like an hour and a half worth of like car driving time um so i have time to like get stuff done that's usually when i take care of like phone calls Or I listen to podcasts, or in the case of this challenge, I listen to audiobooks.
1: Okay, so it finally arrives.
0: It arrives. So, your challenge is to listen to an audiobook, and your prize will be if you are able to complete the challenge um, by the deadline... You will obviously get the word total as if you had read the print version of that book. Oh. Okay, sounds good. And, and you can use whatever format you want to to get your audiobook.
1: Alright, yeah, I'll have to look into it because I don't have any... I mean, I guess the library apps have an e uh, audiobook option to them, so I could uh, look into it through those.
0: yeah there's uh, there's several different means of obtaining audiobooks so just find the one that works best for you and listen to one
1: okay well i look forward to finally taking the dive and uh thank you for this challenge and i thank you for joining me again on this episode of your words against mine a competitive reading podcast between siblings thank you for joining us did you want to let people know where they could uh, catch up, keep up with us?
0: Yes. So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Words Podcast. And you can also find us on Facebook at Your Words Against Mind Podcast.
1: And we have a website, yourwordspodcast.com. And uh, we hope to see you there. This has been a pretty brisk one, I should say.
0: Uh, For us, yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're still sort of feeling it out eight weeks in, but uh, I know Bernie's got our back. Hey, Bernie. And uh, yeah, I hope people can hear that because it's just, it's honestly the best thing about this episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. Little so Bernie. play us out, Bernie.
0: She's taking a bath.
1: Okay. Well, in that case, bye. 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 Bye, Bernie. Bye.